Hello and welcome to The Aside, a podcast for drama teachers and students. I'm Nick Waxman and today we are going to be giving you one of 50 Mama interviews. These interviews have been conducted by Drama Victoria over the last two years to celebrate their 50th birthday. These 50 interviews are 50 conversations with 50 legends of the Victoria drama teaching game. So sit back, relax and enjoy a slightly longer than usual version of The Aside. Please note that the audio quality varies depending on where the interview was recorded. Hello, and here we are with interview 41 for our Mama Legend project with the wonderful legend that is Chris Thompson. Hi, Ellie. Hello, and welcome. Thank you. Thank you very Good much. Good to meet you. Well, the, well excellent. Um, please, can you give us a, a brief uh, rundown of how, when, and why you became a drama educator or um, involved in drama education? Well, you know how I did because you were Excellent. there a little bit yeah, around about the absolutely. same time as I was at the uh, infamous Rusden. Uh, what then was Deakin it? Uni. It was Rusden State College, then it was Victoria College That's Rusden, <laughs> and then it's since kicked on as Deakin University. Yeah. Um, I was there in the Rusden State College into Victoria College Rusden era. Um, like a lot of people, supposedly about 40% of people there, I had no intention of being a teacher. Um, I, I didn't want to be like a teacher. 95%. Yeah, didn't want to be a teacher. I had uh, tried to get into Swinburne Film and Television School. Uh, I got down to 20th place and they took 16. And second uh, preference on my card was Rusden because it had a film and television department. And I had to take a second subject, so I went, oh, drama's pretty close to <laughs> film and television. So um, I took uh, drama as a kind of backup uh, subject. By third year, when you had to start to do the teaching stuff, I kind of went, well, like all of us, you know, that's the price you pay to make the film you want to make, write the play and direct the play you want to you know, produce. Um, and something happened when I was out in schools and went, actually, I quite like this thing. <laughs> And uh, mm -hmm. despite myself, um, I decided that I quite liked teaching. I didn't always like schools, but I quite liked teaching. Um, in fact, I was, uh, day before yesterday, I was at a conference having just this conversation, presenting a paper on um, the notion of the teaching artist and working outside of schools but in schools at the same mm. time, which is a lot of what I do now. And I kind of look back and go, that's what really appealed to me, the fact that you could create a, or develop a career in the arts and have teaching practice at the same time. Mm. And what eventually meant that I didn't stay in a school was that it became harder and harder to have a career and still be a teacher. So I jumped ship, taught for four years in high school, jumped ship, took on a career and ended up working in arts education mm. a lot. Cool. So over the many years that you've been involved in drama education, what are the major changes that you've, you've seen over that time? Um, there's a lot more protectionism. Um, you know, whether that's a good or bad thing, I don't know. But I'll kind of look back at some of the things that we got I away with. To, well, yeah, <laughs> that we got away with. Um, you know, as... as Kids you could know. actually wriggle light in those days. And well, yeah, yeah. you know... Um, 
there was a teacher in our school who lent their car to kids to go and pick up stuff <laughs> for the school production, you know. Um, uh, things like, you know, when I was, when I was in, I, was, I taught at one turn of secondary college. Um, it was a really interesting time to be there because when I came into the school there wasn't yet a year 12, mm-hmm. so it was a growing school and that was really interesting to be able to kind of develop a program within a school that wasn't quite um, completely in place yet. Was that with the same teacher giving the car keys to these? Uh, that teacher didn't no. stick around that long. <laughs> <laughs> um, but, uh, you know, I kind of look back and go, we had what we, I don't think we realised at the time, a lot of freedom. Um, so I did a lot of work where, um, in fact, one of my artefacts is about it. Um, uh, we would develop a performance in, say, Year 11 drama that was actually a touring performance. And we would tour all the feeder schools, the primary schools, mm. uh, for, for one turner, which, of course, the principal loved because all those schools went, oh, that's a good school to go to, and they chose to come to our school. So I got a lot of support for doing that sort of thing. But, you know, we just, um, off we went. Yeah. You know, we'd kind of meet. No, you know, there wasn't a lot of you know, consent flips. forms. <laughs> there wasn't a lot of, uh, well, you know, you're a male teacher and, you know, you've got 20 kids, half of whom are female, we'd better have a female teacher go with you. You just went, rang up the school and said, you know, I've got this show, it's about this. And they would go, fantastic, and off we go. We'd walk down the street. And, <laughs> you know, so a lot of stuff like that, you know, the kind of the, the freedom to do things. Um, I find And the my support. S- and the support. You know, you had to be strategic, yeah. you know, you had to go, there's got to be something in it for the students, there's got to be something in it for the school, um, and there's got to be something artistic, something of artistic mm. integrity in it. You know, you couldn't just go, look, you know, there's artistic integrity to this, so we should do it regardless, mm. you know. So there was a lot of kind of quid pro quo. I've, I learned very quickly um, that you needed to be part of the infrastructure of the school if you really wanted to achieve things. You know, if you didn't want to be that drama teacher in the portable with black windows way down the back of the school who nobody really interacted with and was always grumbling about not being supported. And I wasn't really interested in being that sort of teacher. So I was on the administrative committee, I was on the curriculum committee, I was, you know, all those things that made the school tick. And of course, when you contribute in that way, then when you want stuff, it's easier to get it flowing back. Mm. So. Yeah, I think the freedom is the thing that I notice a lot. I notice I'm a lot more careful going into schools now. Um, I notice I'm much more conscious of what could go wrong. Um, And I don't know whether that's an age thing, but I think it's partly that, you know, when you're young, you just can't imagine what Mm. terrible things could happen. Um, The older you get, the more fearful you get. You know, this could go terribly pear-shaped. but I think it was the ability to just be inspired, have a moment of kind of, you know, passion and inspire the kids to come with you and off you went and did stuff, you know. Take your Super 8 cameras and go, you know, off to the local park and shoot something there, just on the spur of the moment. And know? not be bogged down with Now paper. I talk to teachers and you go, well, you know, there's about <laughs> five weeks of paperwork, yeah. you know, and I, you know, at, at my son's school, I've been on school council and I sit and look at the risk assessments and the, you know, documents that you've got to look at just to walk down the street to go to, you know, the local park. And I think, wow, you know, I don't know how you do it now. <laughs> so, so let's go on to the highs and lows of, of your professional career in, in drama teaching or drama education, I should say. 
Um, yeah, I thought about this when I saw that you were probably going to ask me that question. <laughs> um, I don't know that I've had too many lows. Um, I've had a lot of highs. So the lows are kind of, the lows tend to be more mediums, you know, <laughs> more things that just go well. I, I was know. talking about this just before, about the fact that when I, I've done a number of interviews now, and when I talk about that question, the highs and lows, and there's very few that talk about the low experiences yeah. and I feel that there is a sense that there is perhaps um, the, the key to longevity is the fact that the people who are being interviewed are, um, and the they're reason not why... not beaten down by it. Absolutely. Yeah. That they're, they've triumphed over their adversities and they've found ways to push through yeah. and... And maybe it's because the very, the very first um, <laughs> teaching round I went on um, and my supervisor was someone that we both know, but I won't say who it was. Um, first thing they said to me, first thing, my very first day in a school said, 80% of drama teachers don't last five years. And I went, that's, a, that's not a good bit of advice to give someone on their first day. And instead of being kind of you know, shocked and giving up, I went, well, I'm going to be in the 20%. You know, I'm not interested in being, you know, defeated by whatever you're meant to be defeated by. I wasn't even sure what it was that was <laughs> supposed to defeat you. Um, so, yeah, maybe you're right. Maybe it is that kind of optimism. And, you know, we, we work in a field where you are constantly um, in the position to create really powerful and memorable experiences. Mm. I suspect more so than most teachers. Um, because you do work in this kind of very un well if you if you're kind of if you're adventurous about it if mm. you kind of go I'm not happy that the, again the, the talk I was giving at this was called the public pedagogies conference earlier this week and it was about um, the conference was really about how most educational institutions have to go outside the institution in order to have a really kind of um, exciting and fantastic experience. And my talk was about how you can actually carve out a career doing the reverse of that, making the inside the classroom experience as good as being outside the classroom if you mm. think about it, if mm. you're clever about it. Um, and I think if you've got that sort of attitude, then you do, you, you do stick around. Um, a lot. Probably the, you know, in a sense, the low experiences are the more you learn, the more you, well, this is true for me, I constantly get to the point and go, gee, now that I know that and I know how to do that, I really feel badly for all those classes I taught before <laughs> when I didn't know that. Because now I look back and go, gee, I thought that was great, but actually now I can see that it was okay, but it could have been a lot better. I don't know if that's a low point, it's more a perspective yeah. point. Yeah. But the high points um, have been many. Yeah. Um, let's talk about some of those. Let's talk about the high points. And maybe, the, you know, as part of that, the most memorable experiences yeah, yeah. in those high yeah. points. And I did actually, I brought some photos yeah, in. So, you know, if you want to see, I kind of went, maybe I'll pick the photos of the high points. Because we do get on to, you know, the, the, uh, um, the artefacts that you yeah. brought in. Yeah. And I guess we're kind of covering Sure. A, a, few, a few of these questions at once. <laughs> um, Share. I will. <laughs> okay, I'll skip some of these because I just I put way too many. Um, uh, I won't show you this because that's uh, when I thought I could act. And <laughs> <laughs> um, but I will show you. Um, so here, here's probably my first teaching high point. Um, I came into a school where 
Um, they were, I came in halfway through the year. They were in the middle of doing Finian's Rainbow and they were preparing to do Guys and Dolls the following year. And I was a bit, oh, right. And I'm, you know, I'm a writer, I'm a theatre maker. I wasn't kind of interested in doing all those kind of stock standard shows. So by the time we'd finished Guys and Dolls in, I'd been to school year and a half uh, by then. Um, I had also moved into the position of um, uh, head of the drama department and what came with that was responsibility for the show. Mm. And I was determined not just to create a show, an original show within the school, but to get on side all those teachers that hated the school production. I really objected to this notion that there was this click within the school and that it didn't really engage with those teachers that went, oh, we hate it, you know, it takes kids out of the class, that's all they're interested in. And I went, well, most of those teachers could be involved in some way. So at the time I was quite interested in Leonardo da Vinci. And so we created this show. Here's the, like, 100 and... And this was 1985? This is 1986. OK. Um, so I think we ended up with a cast of 160, 170. Um, but all of those cast had made the show. And which school is this? This is Juan Turner, yeah. Secondary College. Um, and so... What we did was we started kind of enlisting the history teachers to start going, well, maybe you could do a bit of, you know, dramaturgy on this. And the tradey kind of teachers, you know, did all the building of the sets and, you know, all that kind of stuff. But they were all working with kids who were coming up with the idea. So it was very much a kind of organic uh, show. Um, I won't try and explain, you know, the, the kind of the conceit of the show, except that you might notice here there are three Leonardo da Vinci's. Um, and we just basically told the story, but in a really kind of, you know, kind of uh, an episodic way, which of course meant that each class could take responsibility for a part of the story. So there was like a stream of uh, students who were working at the year level and then there was another stream who were prepared to make a greater commitment than working in their drama classes mm. um, to work at lunch times, work after school, work at weekends, who then created a kind of cross-age group. And my year 12 group... Um, basically took a lot of directorial responsibility. So the other thing that we kind of broke was that kind of nexus that you get in school sometimes where you're either in the show or you're not. And if you're in the show, you, you've got to get a part. And if you're not, you're kind of tech crew. Um, and otherwise, you're not in it. And we kind of created a lot of opportunities for kids who didn't want to be in the show, but they wanted to help make it. Mm. Um, or they wanted to direct a scene but not be in the scene. And so we just kind of, you know, got the art teachers to um, let the year 12 art students take the production as their um, cat, you know. Yeah, yeah. Um, so they designed the show and then handed that work in for assessment. Sorry, Cats is pre-SAC. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Sorry, I'm old. <laughs> um, yeah, so that's that. Um, oh, you know, you don't want to see that. So that was a high point. Um, and that was your first major that school production. That was my production. first, yeah. yeah. My as I was just about to start at Ruston. Yes, I guess so, yeah. Um, my second high point, one of the last things I did before I was teaching, before I left the school, um, was uh, this project that was my uh, Year 12 group. It was a show called Watertight. Um, it was 1986, 87, somewhere around then. Um, and 
you might remember that at Rusden there was a unit called the Theatre and Education Unit. Yes. When Theatre for Young People was called Theatre for Theatre and Education. And it was a great unit. I did it. I did it three times. You're only supposed to do it once. <laughs> and uh, Philip Norman, who you know well, was uh, in charge of it. He was a lecturer there then. And he worked out how I could come back and do it a second time. Um, uh, this is a regional tour. We make a show, take it into schools in regional Victoria. And then managed to get me back for a third time as a sessional lecturer in my first year out of teaching. So I did the, 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 the touring unit three <laughs> times. Um, and I, I thought it was such a great experience. I went, why couldn't you do this with high school kids? You know, what, what stops you? Um, and there's lots of things that, you know, well now it'd be almost impossible. But I talked to my year 12 students and I talked to the school principal and we basically, our accessible task for the end of the year was a show that was ready to tour and they all made the commitment that as soon as they'd finished their exams, we would jump in a bus and go on tour. Strictly, uh, this is one of those things that I go, you just couldn't do this now. I mean, I don't even know where the insurance, you know, came from because I didn't think about things like that <laughs> then. But we made this water conservation show to take to the farming district of the Western District. So they're all water drops. Um, I it was this, Yeah. <laughs> um, and we just went on tour for a week. Book ourselves awesome. into schools. And uh, the other thing, I've brought some photos to show you. We used to do this at Rusden. Um, so, sorry, I'm jumping around a bit. So they'd do the show and then they'd run workshops with the kids. It was part of the deal. You know, you've got to run a workshop with the kids. The so kids would dress up in costumes. Um, they'd do kind of movement workshops with them. A lot of times we'd be outside because they didn't have halls and things in those little country schools. Um, Wayne Hope. Oh yeah, was my year twelve, my star year twelve student. Um, you know, he went to Rusden eventually. He, he went to Rusden yeah. after this. Um, he worked with FM Live Theatre Company as a theatre and education yeah. performer, and then of course now, you know, um, middle uh, upper middle bogan, yeah, and yeah. librarians and all those kind of shows. But the schools, the high schools in the areas where we were performing to their local primary schools, in exchange for us doing some workshops with their kids, would give us the keys to the school, we'd rock up, park the bus, uh, we would cook in their home echo rooms, and we would sleep in their gymnasiums on oh, their wow. gym mats. No accommodation costs. Yeah. Uh, um, couldn't do that now. And like, no. unsupervised. <laughs> you know. So you ask me what's changed, that's one of the things that's changed. That was a highlight. Yep. Um, uh, being able to do that, and it was kind of the last thing I did before um, before I left teaching. But you have some artifact, other I artifact, do. but we won't bring those out till later. Yep. Yes, we want to talk about your mentors and collaborators now. My mentors, well, I've mentioned one already, Phil yes. Norman. Yes, yes. Um, uh, and Phil was, I suppose, you know, you talk about that attitude of not being beaten down and not really seeing that there were limits to what you could do. Probably the thing that made the difference for me in whether I was going to teach or not was the way my teaching rounds happened. And Philip made this possible. So there was another student, David Mustafa, um, who since went on to teach it. He taught at Scotch for a long time and now he runs uh, um, one of the private schools in the city. Um, so he and I worked closely together on a lot of things uh, at Rusden. And we'd been on the tour and on that tour, on the educational tour at Rusden, we'd met a lot of teachers and started talking to them about, you know, what they, you know, what they wanted and what they lacked. 
So we come up with this idea of what if we did our teaching rounds, instead of going out one day a week for you know, however many weeks, we had to do 40 hours, I think, of teaching. We were, what if we did it in just one big block and we kind of set ourselves up as educational artists in residence? So we moved into Warrnambool for two weeks, which is one of the central points that we toured and we had some contacts there. And basically we taught at every school in the Warrnambool area, high schools, primary schools, the university there. Um, oh, I was at College of Advanced Education then. Um, we taught, we, we, we invented a role play class for the sheep classing, the wool classing um, oh, wow. uh, adult education course that was being run as a kind of community thing. Um, and you asked what, you know, um, can I show you an article? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. You asked one of my, what, what, what one of my best experiences were. One of the best experiences happened on that. So I just brought in. You learned to juggle. No, no. <laughs> so this is something that um, I don't know if you remember Michael Bishop. Yeah. He's a well-known actor, and but he was a lecturer at Ruston when I was there, and he taught us uh, this exercise, which is I, I still use now. You know, 30 years later. So it's a. I, I, I won't kind of demonstrate it because it takes a, a room full of people. But essentially, you stand in a circle and you start by throwing a ball back and forth to each other, and you use people's names and you use eye contact, and it's a kind of the, the conceit of it is that you're making a contract with another person in the room and the contract is to exchange something in case it's a ball but of course on stage that contract is between actors and you know the connection that they make and you build it up so that there's eventually three or four balls going back and forth across the circle and then you drop out the calling and you just do it with eye contact and agreements that are made all over this big circle of people and then slowly you exchange the balls for china cups and suddenly they're throwing three or four china cups back and forth across the circle and the, the tension in the room is fantastic. Um, and we did, one of the schools, when we were doing these teaching rounds in Warrnambool, there was a community school there, which was like, you know um, The Great Escape, uh, the yeah, film yeah, The Great yeah. Escape, where they took all the bad prisoners and they put them into one camp, yeah. and, you know? Well, this was like the equivalent of The Great Escape. <laughs> all the kids that were about to be expelled from all the high schools in the area got dumped into one community school. So they were all the bad eggs, if you like. And we went, well, we're gonna go and teach something there and it's gonna work. And so we did this exercise with them. We had two classes with them a week apart. We went in and we did the ball throwing exercise and they were quite good at it. And then we said at the end, okay, we're coming back next week and we want to swap the balls for cups. Uh, but if anyone goes, I'm gonna smash the cups or I'm gonna muck around or, you know, if you're not up to the task, we just won't do it. You know, so we put the responsibility back on them. <laughs> and uh, we came back in the next week and we, had our balls and we had our cups and we got the cups out and a voice in the back went, I'm going to smash it. And we went, fine, put the cups away and we said, we can't do it. And the kids, the rest of the kids just turned on him and pleaded with us and said, couldn't we send him out? And, and so clearly this kid who's gone, I'm going to smash the cup, um, is used to doing that sort of thing and being kind of, you know, admired for that. They just turned on him. We 
surprise, surprise, we relented. Um, <laughs> uh, through the cups, and you know, it was a great, you know, great successful exercise. What we found out later from their, the school supervisor, who said that was really interesting, those kids have practiced every day since you've been here oh, wow. to make sure they were ready when you came back. Oh. And that was, you know, those kind of moments that you go, this stuff does work. You know, it, do, it is more than just filling in 50 minutes of a class and going, phew, that's over. You know, it is stuff that sits with people and stays with people and, you know, they achieve something. And it's, more often than not, it's actually not about theatre or the arts. It's actually about the Making, personal. Absolutely. Yeah. Building a mensch. Yeah, I've probably gone way off. No, some, no, no. No, 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 absolutely. <laughs> um, you kind of covered part of that in, in, in this next question. Your favourite professional learning experience or learning experiences? Um, I've, had, I've had a few. There are two probably that sit kind of similarly and they also sit in the high points um, of experiences. And one you might have been... Were you in Kasumu for IDEA? No. No? No. So one of them... So they're both international experiences. Um, the first one was in Japan, um, where... Um, uh, and again, I ended up there quite by accident. Um, uh, Okinawa, which is the southernmost island mm -hmm. of Japan, decided they were going to start an international festival for children, children's theatre. And the artistic director came to Melbourne and was meant to meet with the artistic director of the Next Wave Festival, which back then was a youth festival, not an emerging artists festival. And the artistic director couldn't make it. Something happened, couldn't do lunch. And the publicist that was organising it was also our publicist. I was artistic director at St Martin's at this I time. I remember that. And she rang me and said, look, I'm in a bind. Could you have lunch with this woman and just talk to her a bit about youth arts? Because, you know, so I did. And the next thing I know, I'm invited to go and, sp and speak at the, <laughs> at the festival. And uh, out of that came a whole range of... I visited twice. A whole range of workshops to work with teachers because drama was not a big thing in Japan but there was this kind of group of young teachers who were trying to get a foothold and so they said if, you can, if we invited you back and paid for you and all that sort of thing would you teach us to teach drama so that was you know one of those you know those kind of professional moments where in fact it's in the imparting of something giving something to them that you actually learn they're the times you learn what you know mm. when you teach other people how to do what you Absolutely. do. Absolutely. And the other one was in Kenya for the IDEA conference um, uh, where I was, at that time, I'd left St Martin's and I was now one of the artistic directors at Hothouse Theatre in Norbury Wodonga that had a very strong kind of youth educational, arts education component uh, to it. And long story, we ended up being invited to make a performance and take it to um, Kenya for the IDEA conference. And, you know, we're talking about things that you just couldn't get away with anymore. <laughs> so me, one person and five teenagers who had never been out of Albury-Wodonga, we took this show um, over to Kenya and performed it there and ran some workshops. And again, you go, this is one of those things where... Seeing how that experience changed those kids was something that you often don't kind of see it in the classroom because it's not big enough. Mm. But to see how that 
change happened to them amplified by that international experience kind of reminded me that on small scales that's happening all the time in the classroom. Yes, I, definitely. Um, the secrets to your longevity, we kind of touched on this a little bit earlier. Yeah, <laughs> uh, I, I reckon it's the jack of all trades, master of none yeah. kind of thing. Yeah. Um, I, I, it's the, and Rusden was one of those places that prepared you to do many things, to not think, oh, I can only do this, I can't do that. And so, you know, at any one point, I, I, the last time I had a full-time job was at St Martin's, and I left St Martin's 20 years ago. Um, and since then, you know, I've worked as an artistic director, but not in a full-time capacity. So, you know, with um, Union House Theatre at Melbourne Uni, with Jigsaw Theatre in Canberra, with Hot House Theatre in Albury, Wodonga, uh, with a number of festivals, including the Monash Theatre mm -hmm. Festival, which are now um, um, Drama Victoria uh, runs. Um, and the ability to shift from being, am I a writer, am I a director, am I a teacher, am I an administrator, am I doing this project, am I doing that project, I think keeps you active, keeps you employable, mm. um, and keeps you interested. It's very hard to get in a rut when you're just moving so quickly all the time. <laughs> <laughs> Any advice that you pass on to the, the next generation of drama educators? I think don't get in the rut. Yeah. You know, don't. Don't listen to those voices. The thing, that, the thing that convinced me that I really had to, apart from the fact I wanted to pursue a professional career in writing and directing, um, but I didn't want to give up the education side, um, the thing that convinced me I had to get out of the school, I'd been teaching for four years, and um, a teacher said to me one day, only six more years and you'll be on long service. <laughs> and I went, if you're starting to think four years into your teaching, I've only got that long before I get three months holiday. That's not a good way yeah, to be. Yeah. I went, I think I want to go out and come back in yeah. with constant energy rather than eventually get swamped by it. That would be my advice. Don't, are there get, any other, don't get in the rain. <laughs> definitely. <laughs> are there any other artefacts in the little bag there that we haven't yet? Oh, oh there are, if you've got yeah. time. We've got 30 seconds. Let's, oh, okay. let's do it. <laughs> All right. I told you about the tour. Oh, I love yes. this. Students engraved their names oh, on the that's little bus and gave it to me, and I've kept it ever since. And this I love. Year 10 boys <laughs> who are so driven by com competition. There's a game called Dog and Bone. I don't know if you know it. Never played. It's a game that looks like it's about competition, and in fact, it's about intelligence and strategy. And usually you play it with a duster or you know, an object. And I found this bone and I take it in and we play it and it's a, you know, you've got to get the bone and run around with it and catch people. I won't explain how it goes, but I love this because you pull out this and those year 10 boys go, what's going on here? <laughs> I want to play. We'll have to learn about that one. Chris, thank you so much for your time. Thank you. Well, that's all from us at The Aside. There are 49 other Mama interviews you might like to listen to, so please do feel free to go and find those and have a listen. Thank you to all the people involved in conducting the Mama interviews. The list is extensive. Happy 50th birthday to Drama Victoria, and thank you to the 50 legends for giving us their time. If you would like to ask the aside a question, or you have a suggestion for a future episode, please do not hesitate to contact us at asidepodcast at outlook.com. Thank you to Eltham College for letting us record here. Thank you to Drama Victoria for their ongoing support. And of course, thank you for listening. <laughs>